0: Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond.
1: I'm Kendall Van Horn.
0: Um, okay, so I want to get your opinion on something. I was uh, scrolling through social media today, and one of my friends posted a picture because there's a home in their neighborhood that has already put up Christmas lights. And I wanted to know, do you think when do you think it's appropriate to start celebrating Christmas?
1: Well, I think you should probably wait till after Halloween, just because then you're missing out on all the Halloween decorations, which is my favorite holiday
0: before Thanksgiving.
1: I think that's okay. I think you already have lights up for Halloween. I love the festivities of the <laughs> holiday season.
0: I'm a staunch I'm staunchly conservative when it comes to my Christmas lights. It's after Thanksgiving for me. Or else I'm like, you're missing an entire holiday. You're like glossing over Thanksgiving. I
1: feel like when I have my own house, I'm going to be way too busy to
0: come up so early. LOL. Very optimistic of you to assume as a millennial, you'll have your own house. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Speaking of living situations, let's jump into today's episode.
1: All right. Let's do it. Hey, Luke, have you gotten any big checks in the mail lately?
0: Only the piles of money that I make making this podcast. But other than that, no. Why?
1: Well, it's security deposit
0: season. Oh, interesting. In October?
1: Yeah. So in Minnesota, landlords can refund security deposits to tenants up to a few weeks after they've moved out. So students that moved out of their apartments in late August, which is most students around the U of M campus, are due for their checks. But a lot of students that I talked to said that their deposits have only been partially returned. Or not even refunded at all. So the original security deposit was four thousand seven hundred fifty, and what we got back was three thousand five hundred
0: fifty-six. I put in seven hundred. They put in about four hundred. Each of us got about two hundred back.
1: Some even got bills saying they owed more money. We moved out um, in late August, and then we got a bill in the mail saying that we owed. to them. That's one of the reasons why for the University's Student Legal Services, it's one of the busiest times of the year.
2: For the past four or five years, every appointment slot we have available fills.
1: That's Bill Dane, a lawyer at Student Legal Services.
2: Students will get their uh, letters from their landlords and be disappointed with the deductions and want to challenge them. And then they'll come in and we'll review everything with them and Um, In many, many instances, we'll negotiate with the landlords to get a fair uh, settlement for the student. And in some cases, um, that won't work out and we'll bring claims with the student in conciliation court uh, to help them get judgments for the amount of money that shouldn't have been withheld. Are students ever successful in
1: these cases? They certainly can be. In Minnesota, security deposit law kind of tilts in the tenant's favor.
2: The great thing about... um, security deposit law in the state of Minnesota is that it's the only civil action where the plaintiff brings the claim, that would be the student or the tenant, and the landlord or the defendant in those cases has the burden of proving that they had the right to keep the money. So you can bring your claim knowing that you don't have to prove anything really. The landlord's the one who's going to need to go in and prove their entitlement to money that they kept.
0: So, when is it actually okay for the landlords to keep deposits?
1: According to Bill, landlords can only withhold security deposits for two reasons.
2: Landlords can make deductions from deposits uh, for amounts necessary to restore the premises to the condition it was in at the start of the tenancy or for other monies that might have been due under a lease. So, let's say they just, students somehow missed a rent payment or something during the course of the tenancy then they can take that out of the deposit as well. But those are really the only two areas where landlords are authorized to make deductions. So there are some landlords who will put clauses in the lease that say, oh, by the way, I get to keep uh, $200 at the end of the tenancy for, some of them will call them redecorating fees or whatever, it's never gonna pass muster because um, that type of uh, deduction is not authorized by the statute and They're never going to be able to prove entitlement to that.
0: If there are all these laws to protect students' security deposits, why are so many having problems getting theirs back?
1: Dane chalks it up to what he calls the
2: sweet spot. The difference between probably the general population and the student population is we do have some landlords who have sort of calculated it out and and decided, where's the sweet spot? How much can I keep and the students won't object? And um, because students are um, not as uh, experienced as renters, and because they're very, very busy, (laughs) um, if the landlord guesses the right sweet spot, students might not pursue it.
1: Like Dane says, a lot of students are not oblivious to what is going on.
0: They are slimy scammers who are just out to
1: take students' money, and it's not fair. These kind of landlords, the sweet spot kind, seemed to be behind most of the student complaints that I heard. We were freshmen when we signed the lease, and we had no idea what we were doing, and they like definitely preyed on us because of that. They didn't return our deposits, and we didn't know about the rule that they were supposed to return our deposits at that time within a speculated time. I just figured they just charged me for whatever little thing was there and the uh, damage mm-hmm. was there in the apartment. Most students said they were being unfairly charged to repair homes that were already in poor or dangerous conditions when they moved in. Dangerous. Allegedly, yeah. At one point we had issues with the boiler, which is absolutely terrifying because boilers can literally explode. And they sent someone to fix it. And it was like just one of their usual maintenance dudes. who we were like, okay, this guy doesn't seem qualified. The next time we had problems, we just called the gas company right away. And they came to look at the boiler and they're like, this is the most amateur work I've ever seen done, like on a boiler repair. Like, this looks awful. And after that, they hired a professional, but it definitely took them a while. It took them a lot of coaxing. Another student also had a gas leak in her apartment. Oh yeah, we had a gas leak in our oven, in our like, old apartment last year and he like, didn't answer his phone when we were calling him, so we just disconnected the oven, and the only thing he said was that we shouldn't have disconnected it.
0: Were you able to talk to any landlords about this?
1: I tried, and most didn't get back to me or declined to comment. But another reporter finally did get a hold of Glenn Rink, the general manager of Dinkytown Rentals, a company that some students complained about. He said Minnesota statutes outline a process for returning security deposits, and they follow it.
3: So the process is: we have people that go out. We check to see condition reports from the previous year. We look at what's been when, been done and what needs to be done, and we um, we add in the interest um, for our per statute And if there are any um, if there are any deductions, we deduct them and we send them and return them to uh, our renters.
1: He also suggested that students receive deducted deposits more often than the general public because, on average, students cause more damage.
3: Is is there more damage, possibly, than some of our other locations? Uh, I would say that that's probably a fair statement.
1: But he said almost all of his tenants get at least some money back.
3: Yes, there are are those that get the full thing back. There are those that we we have small cleaning bills on little things that we have to do. There are those that, that um, you know, are pretty hard on a place.
1: The off-campus living office keeps a list of non-compliant landlords. Dinkytown Rentals is not on that list, although other management companies that many university students rent from are.
0: So what can students do to maximize their chances of receiving a full security deposit when they move out of their apartments?
1: Probably three things. First, before you move in, do your research. Is your management company listed by the off-campus living office as being non-compliant? Have their renters complained online? Second, when you move into a new apartment, be thorough with your damage report so you don't get charged later for damage you didn't cause. And while you're living there, don't cause more damage. And third, if you think your security deposit deductions are unfair, Student Legal Services here at the U can help you figure that out. Thanks for the story. Thank you. (laughs)
0: And here's the rest of the U's News. A march for increased democracy in Hong Kong attracted nearly 100 supporters and protesters in front of Kauffman Union on Friday. While the event was contentious, the protests remained peaceful. After the march, some students attended an information session in which the controversy was discussed more in depth. The march's organizers said they welcomed communication from students with different perspectives and considered the event a success. The Minnesota Student Association is drafting a safe transfer bill that would explicitly notate the transcripts of students who are suspended or expelled for violating the university's sexual misconduct policy. MSA says its intent is to bolster public safety at other colleges to which these students may attempt to transfer by marking their transcripts. Transcripts are currently notated for academic or sexual misconduct, but do not differentiate between the two. Minnesota will be the third state to enact a safe transfer bill if the bill passes. This episode of In the Know was produced and edited by me, Luke Diamond, and was reported by Kendall Van Horn. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, check out the Minnesota Daily Sports Podcast, the weekly rundown with new episodes out each Friday. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.